Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Let's just uh, get our hearts ready to receive from the word. Amen. Why don't you just take one hand and just lift it up to the Lord and just let's start to thank him. Father, uh, you go ahead and thank him on your own. You know what you need to be thankful for. Father, we honor you tonight. We bless you tonight. We declare that you are the faithful God. We declare, Father, that you are for us and not against us, Lord God that tonight the power of the Holy Spirit will be upon your word, Father, as we share it tonight, Lord God. People are going to be set free, God. People that came here with their minds confused. Father, there's some that have come here tonight with an oppression on them, a heaviness, Lord God, that they've come here seeking you, Father, to be able to get out from under that thing. And in the name of Jesus Christ, I come against that right now. You release that one in Jesus' name. We forbid you to affect that person being able to pay attention tonight, to be able to focus tonight. And we just thank you, Father, for, for setting that person free. We glorify you tonight, Lord. We thank you, Father, for your goodness, for your mercy, for your grace upon us, Lord God, for this word that you have preserved for us for all these thousands of years, God, that we would be able to have the same experience from your word as those who originally wrote it down all those thousands of years ago, Father, that it would be that alive to us tonight. And Lord, we thank you that you are the God of the breakthrough, that you are the God who empowers us to just press forward past all of the adversity, all of the obstacles, kicking aside things that would try to stop us, God. We thank you. We bless you. We honor you tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and be seated. Glory to God. I'm so glad to see so many of you come out tonight, especially for the fact that on these Wednesday nights, the focus is on the word, is on the teaching. Amen. And uh, please don't let the summertime distract you from the word of God. Is what ends up happening is so many people go through cycles, and what ends up happening is they get distracted in the summer, and then September comes, the end of August, about the end of August, about beginning of September comes, and you see people walking around in the days like zombies. Of course, nobody here in this room, okay? But you, you know what I'm talking about? Because they took the whole summer off from God. God kept going on. The things of God kept going on. And then you feel like you're left out. Don't, don't let that happen this year. Amen. Amen. Especially here in this church. If you're part of this church, you can come here Wednesday. You come here Saturday. You got three times on Sunday. No excuse. You got plenty of time to fit the beach in between all of that. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Listen, I want to start off tonight reading a quote from an individual, a Christian blogger. Her name is Nina Keegan. And I'm just going to read from this blog that she wrote because I thought it was a really good way for us to start off tonight. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart. God chose you. He formed you. He set you apart. That means he designed you and made you to his exact specifications. He made you in his image with a great purpose and a plan for your life. So no matter how you were raised or what caused you to have negative or limited thinking, God has set you apart for greatness even before you were born. 
Somebody should say hallelujah. The Bible says God made us to reign as kings in our lives. We have royal blood flowing through our, our veins. We are made in God's own image, and we are his descendants, his children. God has made us all for divine purpose in which to glorify him. He wants to bless us and prosper us. He wants us to live an amazing victory, an amazing victory. Romans chapter 5, verse 17 says, We are to reign in life as kings. For our entire lifetime, we should live as kings with widespread influence. I like that. With widespread influence. We have authority over any negativity in our lives. God's word is truth for our lives. See yourself as God sees you. Take off the chains that bind you, that hold you back, that whisper defeat. The same old thinking will reap the same old results. That, that is an important factor right there. Start seeing a new vision for your life and those that you will influence in the future. You can change the paths of generations that follow just by declaring God's promises. That is the truth. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Romans chapter 8, verse 38. Now, if we're not careful, we can develop the attitude that nothing ever works out for me. Every time I take a step forward, I get pushed back two steps. Now, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but how many of you have ever had to fight off those kind of thoughts, right? Probably, probably every one of us in this room, you know? And so uh, we're going to break those things. But it starts with our words. It starts with our thoughts. It starts with our words. Uh, the limits, here's what some people, I hear people talk, and they, and they talk like the limits on my, on my life are too overwhelming. Now, all those thoughts, as real as they may seem, they are nothing but lies. Amen. They are nothing but lies. Now, watch this. It'd be easy to say, well, they're the lies of the devil. Well, I, honestly, sometimes the devil doesn't, doesn't even have to open his mouth. Because we're so, some of us are so used to thinking negatively. Some of us are so used to, because of our upbringing, not to have an expectation to go further than what the generation before us went. And that is a mindset that needs to be broken, especially, especially if you're like me. I'm first generation in two, in two actual areas of my life. I'm first generation in this country, and I'm first generation as a born-again Christian. So, so for me, it's, it's a little bit easier to, to not allow the stuff from the past to carry over because, it, again, uh, my life has had to be more like a pioneer, Okay, I remember when I first became a Christian, when I first got born again, you know, my family who were, uh, they, we thought we were devout Catholics, let's put it that way. Every Catholic thinks they're devout Catholics. But when it comes down to it, we didn't know anything. We wouldn't have known Jesus if he walked in the room with a red tuxedo on. You understand what I'm saying? But we thought we were. We thought we, we thought we were devout Catholics. And, and little, I have to really say, out of my whole family, I was the one who thought I was the most devout Catholic. And so, and so when I became born again, it sent shockwaves through the family. Now, mind you, these are people that never went to church, maybe not even on Christmas. But, but the thing, you left the church? Left the church? We never were part of the church. What are you talking about? Since when did we become part of the church? I'll never forget. My, my family was particularly devoted to St. Joseph, you know, being Italian and all that stuff. And so one of the first things my father said when he found out I wasn't going to the Catholic church anymore, even though he hadn't been there in probably 10 years, uh, what about St. Joseph? I said, you didn't worry about St. Joseph yesterday. What are you worrying about St. Joseph today? 
I said, he's doing okay on his own. But you see, some of those things could, could cause limitations in our lives. And that's really what we're talking about. See, you can't talk about breakthrough without talking about limitations. Because what are you breaking through from? Limitations, obstacles, walls that come up, strongholds that try to trap our minds into thinking a certain way so that we won't break out so that we can break through. We have to, in order to experience a breakthrough, you have to have a breakout. You've got to be able to break out of the mindsets. You've got to be able to break out. And you know, this kind of ties in with what I've been teaching on the weekends. And if you haven't been around on the weekends, you need to go listen to this message. There's a message I preached, a series I started last weekend is, 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 could be ground-shaking in people's lives. You see, we all want to have change. We want to have transformation. We want to have breakthroughs. But sometimes we can't have a breakthrough until we repent from the junk that we've been entertaining up until this point. Amen. See, we think repentance, especially if you come from my background, repentance is you go to church on Saturday afternoon to get ready for Sunday morning. You go in that little closet there. How I many know with the screens there? You, you know there's somebody on the other side, but you can't tell what he looks like. Okay, it's real creepy, especially when you're a little kid. And now you're supposed to tell them all these juicy details of your life. You know, and like I said on the weekend, and then the verdict drops. You know, go say 50 Hail Marys, 120 Our Fathers, and all this other stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Or, or worse yet, there's some religions that take that repentance thing even to the point of physical harm, self-humiliation, self-hatred. That's demonic. Anything that will cause you to turn on yourself, anything that will cause you to do damage to your own body in, 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 in the hopes of be, becoming closer to God, that's not God. That's a demon. That's demonic influence from the enemy. So those things that are past, now you may not, not have come from the same background that I come from, but you came from a background. Everybody's got something. Everybody's got some past. Everybody's got some mindsets that are damaging. And that's what the whole thing about being a Christian in the New Testament is all about renewing our minds. But if you're going to have a breakthrough, you're going to have to have a breakthrough here first. You're going to have to start learning how to think differently. You're going to have to start learning how to, how to be aware of your thoughts. Now, you can't stop thoughts from coming. But once you're aware of those thoughts, and I'm getting a little ahead of myself here because I, I really, I just want to go like this. Whoa, here, just take it all. You know, you've got to become aware of your thoughts. And, and some people's thoughts start racing. And I know some of us have experienced those kind of things, where just your thoughts are racing, and you just keep, especially when you lay down at night, you're trying to go to sleep, and it's like your mind just won't shut down. Okay? Now, that, that's an area, and this isn't the topic tonight, but we can, you know, talk about it sometime, and we can pray for you at the end of the service. That's where the baptism of the Holy Spirit is so important. Because now you can shut off, you can, turn, you can just turn off it and just go into praying in the Spirit. Praying in an, an, that unknown language that comes from heaven and, and ba basically bypasses all that junk that's in your head. But, you know, you can get more information about that or get prayed for at the end of the service. Now, tonight we're talking about breaking through limitations. Again, whether those limitations are self-imposed or caused by something or someone outside of your control. And the first step to head in the right direction, heading in the right direction, is Luke chapter 1, verse 37. 
For with God, why don't you read it with me? Is it up there? Why don't you read it with me? Ready? One, two, three. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing. Pastor, you don't know my, my family background. You don't know my family history. You don't know how much garbage is in my family. You don't know how much witchcraft is in my family. You don't know how much addiction is in my family. You don't know how much degeneracy is in my family. Get in line. You think you're the only one. See, the enemy always wants us to think that we're isolated. The enemy always wants us to think it, we're the only ones going through this. Nobody's ever gone through this before. And so it causes us to almost become uh, dangerously inward. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, I've had plenty of people to try to minister to an individual, and the first thing that comes out of mouth, yeah, but you don't know what I've been through. No, the fact is I don't. But the Holy Spirit does. And we've all, we've all been through stuff. We've all got histories. We've all got backgrounds. Don't let the enemy convince you that your situation is beyond help, that your situation is, is, is impossible to change. With God, nothing is impossible. So we're talking about limits, limitations, restrictions, restraints, something that binds us, that holds us back, uh, boundaries that are imposed upon us that cause us not to extend beyond a certain point, blocking us from an expected destination. I hope, I pray that every single one of us in this room tonight, every single person that's going to be listening to this in the future, I hope that you're a dreamer. How many, how many of you got that report that went home to school when you were a little kid? Can't do anything with this one. He's a dreamer. I would say hallelujah. God designed us to be dreamers. God designed us to have vision. God designed, designed us to think big. God designed us to accomplish big. God never designed one person on this earth to just live a mediocre life. That happens because we choose to settle on this side, watch this now, on this side of the limitation. We come up so far, and that's it. So far, and that's it. It becomes, it becomes a barrier. Just think about this in your own life. What are some of the common limitations that block your path to wholeness? Wholeness. Why is wholeness so important? How many times Jesus spoke shalom? How many times Jesus said to people, peace be unto you? Peace be with you. Constantly. Why? Because when we're whole, when we're entire, when we're complete, when we're not lacking anything, when there's nothing broken on the inside, when we have that sense of, of you know how much we can accomplish in life? And how, not only in our own lives, but how much we can influence the lives of others. Most of the time, we spend our time so involved inwardly in our own, our own baggage, our own issues, our own resolved, unresolved stuff. And, that, that, and the enemy loves to keep us in those, within that, that, that framework of, man, if I could just get free and if I could just get over this, you know, I would really, I would really oh, God could really use me if I could get over this. And God could really use me if, if he would take this out of my life. And God could really, man, I could really help people if I attained this or, or made this amount of money or if my health was different, if my, my mindset was different, if I could just sleep at night. The enemy goes, yeah, good. Just keep staying like that. Just keep staying inward. Just keep being self-centered. And I'm not saying this in a negative sense. Trust me, I've been through and all of these things I'm talking about, I have lived through. And I'm talking about when you get to the point where you start realizing, wait a second, 
I am spending 90% of my energy, my faith, my time, my prayer life on me. Think about that one. All of a sudden, I just, it was like somebody got cold water thrown in their face. We're not supposed to spend all that time on us. Yesterday morning in our men's connect group, which is awesome. Guys, if you could make it there, please make it. It's 7.30. It's for men only. Sorry, ladies. Uh, maybe someday we'll get, put something together for you at like 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> we were talking about, the topic we were talking about was love. And we were talking about some of the, the things that inhibit us to be able to, to walk in love. And we found out, you know, because when you're in a group of men like that, they come on, you know, they're there at 730 in the morning, they're hungry, they, they, want, they want to know more about God, they want to know more about the Word. I love being in an atmosphere because the Holy Spirit just starts showing you stuff. And we, we came to this conclusion. The thing that stops us from loving people, the thing that stops us from serving people is the fear that it's going to cost us instead of gaining us, instead of bringing something to us. In other words, here. It's a lack of trust in God. See, if I don't trust God to take care of me and take care of my needs, I'm going to withhold from you. Why? Because I'm afraid if I give too much to you, I'm not going to have anything of my own. And so as, as we learn to trust God, as we learn to acknowledge that he is our source, and I'm not, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about our source of wholeness, our source of contentment, our source of purpose, our source of feeling loved, our source of feeling approved, affirmed. Are you listening to me? When we get that solid, we're not going to have any fear about reaching out to somebody else. We're going to be able to take somebody's hand and go, come on, let's get this breakthrough together. But what are some of the common limitations that block our path to wholeness? They could be emotional traumas. We're living in a crazy world. We're living at a crazy time of human history. I believe with all my heart that if people from 100 years ago could come out of the grave, they would take one look around and go, I'm going back. <laughs> it is crazy. People's mindsets are crazy. You talk about a time when evil is called good and good is called evil. The, the world has never seen a time like this. Even in the worst conditions of history, we have not seen cruelty like we're seeing today. We're not seeing degeneracy. We've never seen degeneracy like we're seeing today. Flaunted. Flaunted. It's nuts. So people can experience emotional trauma. Tragedies take place. Those things can develop strongholds in our lives. And they hold us back. Physical abuse, sexual abuse, verbal abuse, abandonment issues. There's so many adults, even adults, that are still suffering from abandonment issues. Maybe because of a divorce that took place or, or a, a parent that was not just non-existent. And so it's easy for those things to creep into our lives and create barriers and create limitations to our, to our future. Many, many suffer from rejection, from fear of failure. I remember that. I remember being in a prayer meeting many, many years ago in another church before I even went to Bible school. Now, I had just, just bankruptcy was about two years before that. 
You know, if you've ever been, through, if you've ever had to go through bankruptcy, it leaves a mark on you. You start, you start being afraid to start stepping out because you're concerned. Man, I can't go through this again. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I can't go through this again. This, I never want to go through this again. I had to majorly get over that fear of failure. And I'll never forget, it was at a prayer meeting early in the morning one time, many, many, many years ago. And the pastor all of a sudden pointed to me and said, the Spirit of God's saying, telling me, I've got to pray for you. You have a fear of failure. He said, and that fear of failure is stopping you from having success. Imagine that. Afraid to step out because, because you, you, you know those couple of words that'll cripple us? What if? What if? And if you've ever gone through that and you've ever been stripped of everything, I know what that feeling is like. You start, you start measuring every move you make because, you, again, you don't want to experience that again. So that causes a stronghold in your life. It causes you to miss opportunities sometimes. It causes you to be afraid to even trust God, to have faith in God because you think, well, you know, it happened once, it could happen again. But in Jesus' name, we're breaking out of that stuff. Amen. All of these things trap us in our souls. See, it's not a spiritual problem. People think it's a spiritual problem. No, 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 no. Bankruptcy, any kind of abuse, any kind of rejection, any kind of abandonment, those do not affect your spirit. They affect your soul. Your spirit's been sealed by the Holy Ghost. Just like when you got born again, if he took you and put you in a little Ziploc, not the cheap ShopRite ones, the good ones. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? You buy them cheap ones because they're like 15 cents less than the other ones. You put an onion in there and then you go away and an hour later, everything in the refrigerator smells like an onion. No, no, no. The Holy Ghost is one of them good ones that that big Ziploc thing on there. Just... He seals us. Your spirit is sealed. You don't have a spiritual issue. You have a soul issue. Those areas came to damage. Those things came to damage your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. Your ability to trust people again. So many go through life so bitter because they're afraid to trust. Well, I trusted somebody. I trusted this one. I trusted that one. Trusted the other one. And they let me down. They betrayed me. But Jesus didn't. The Holy Ghost never will. God the Father will never let you down. And some of us are even, even getting limitations just rise up in our life over cultural issues, racial issues. Gender, identity confusion. All of these things can serve to keep us in a fog of inability if we're not alert to our thoughts. I want to come back to that again. When we become, when you become aware, how many of you have been walking around doing your business all of a sudden, you, you, all of a sudden something like goes blink and you realize what you've been thinking about for the last 10 minutes. You didn't even realize you were thinking about it. And it's destructive. What are you going to do? Well, pastor, I can't control my thoughts. No, you can't control them manifesting. But once you become aware of them, you can speak to them. You can tell them, shut up in Jesus' name. I'm not listening to you anymore. Yeah, but you did this. And 10 years ago, on October the 12th, you did what? Yeah, you're right, I did. But you know what? It's none of your business anymore. It's between me and my father. You need to speak to those things. You need to start quoting the word of God. My Lord, if Jesus himself had to quote the word of God to the devil who was playing mind games with him, then we need to do the same thing. Comes to him when, when he's the hungriest, the weakest. 
and starts playing mind games, starts using the word of God, twisting the word of God to try to get Jesus to do something that it wasn't the will of the Father for him to do. Now, if Jesus had to use the word of God to shut that down, what makes you think you're not going to? What are you going to do? Oh, oh, stop, Mr. Devil. Oh, just stop, Mr. Devil. <laughs> How about unforgiveness? How about betrayals? These things keep us wounded. Then, on, a very, on some of the practical issues, your mind will start telling you lack of education is going to hold you back. Lack of education, lack of life experience, lack of finances, physical health limitations. They can cause us to see us as much less than the average person. That was one of the major things. See, God never told me how big this ministry was going to get. He tricked me. I was used to being in a church before I went to Bible school. I was used to being in a church of a few hundred people. I don't think we ever got more than about 300 people, right? I mean, thank God for it, you know. But when I went to Bible school, there was more people in the choir than the church I used to be in. So I had to get used to that. But he tricked me. Never told me how big this ministry was going to get. So when we started to realize what was happening, all of a sudden I had to start fighting the lies in my head. I had to start fighting. And I don't even think it was the devil. I think it was my, again, fear of failure will cause fear of success. I started thinking, man, this thing is way bigger than I'm, I, 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 I'm not equipped for this. I'm not one of these people like my daddy was a preacher, my granddaddy was a preacher, my great-granddaddy was a preacher. My parents, I don't even know if they knew there was a Bible. Unless the priest told them. So I had to fight that. I don't have the education for this. I don't have the, the experience for this. How am I going to do this? Then I started remembering when I started praying when I realized I was going to become a pastor. I started praying, God, I don't ever want to become a professional preacher, a professional pastor. I want to depend on you. I want to pastor supernaturally. I want you to teach me. I want you to take me by the hand. I want to know things before they happen. I want to, be, I want to have my finger on the pulse of, the, of, the, of my congregation. Now, I thought it was going to be a few people. So I figured it's easier to have the finger on the pulse of a, a few people. He tricked me. But you see, if I would allow those limitations to hold me back, if I would allow the things that were spoken over me when I was a child, you're no good, you're never going to be any good, you're never going to, pound, you're never going to mount to anything, you're always going to end up digging ditches like all the rest of us. If I would allow those things to settle on me, and you can fill in your own, because every one of us has had things spoken over us when we were children. Now, some of them didn't do it intentionally. Some of our parents, just, they were just speaking out of their own frustration, out of their own experience. Some were demonically inspired, you know, like those teachers that told you you were stupid. Like those teachers that tried to classify you and categorize you and put you in different groups. But all the same. You might, you might have different lies, but we all got lies to be aware of, to resist, to, let's put it, to deflect. Don't let them hang on you. Don't let them cling to you. Amen? So, no matter, what we are, no matter what we see ourselves in lacking, no matter what limitations have manifested in your life, the principles to freedom are all exactly the same. 
Does not matter. Does not matter how horrendous the abuse was that you went through or just the fact that maybe you just never felt loved. You never felt accepted. You never felt approved or affirmed. No matter what end of the spectrum you're on, the principles to freedom are all the same. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If you have not experienced this yet, I pray that you don't leave this place tonight without experiencing 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? New creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become what? New. New. That means to me, when I got born again, when I, when I received Christ as my Lord and Savior, I went from one land to another land. I went from the land of limitations to the lands of all things are possible. Amen. You went through the same thing. But you see, just like, just like when the Israelites crossed over the Red Sea, they were free. They were free. They saw their enemy destroyed before their own eyes. Yet, as free as they were, physically free, their minds still try to keep them in Egypt. Distrusting God. Wanting to worship idols. Whining, complaining, unappreciative. They had to fight that stuff. Thank God they had two men. Joshua and Caleb, who didn't have that mindset, did not carry that mindset. Even though they had been slaves, just like everybody else, when they came through, something happened to them. They had a different spirit about them. <coughs> Let me start off with some of these truths that we're talking about. Principles of freedom. Turn to somebody and say, the principles are all the same. Can I have some water, please? Did you give me the good stuff? Thank you. I'm going to need that. I'm going to need that little table right there. That's mine. I bought it from home. I'm tired of bending all the way down here to pick up a bottle of water. So the principles, the limitations could vary. Your limitations may be very different than the limitations of the person on this side of the room, but the principles are all the same. Psalm 78. Watch this now. What is this first truth that we're going to cover? And I'll tell you, if we just get to this tonight, I think this is going to be an eye-opener. Let me, let me just start off with this one. There is only one entity in the universe that can limit God. Who do you think that is? Ooh, you're sharp tonight. I thought I was going to get over on you. Who do you think that entity is that can limit God? Us. See, see 20 years ago, I would have said, ah, oh, it's the devil, the devil, it's the devil. We all give him so much credit. The devil. No, it's not the devil. It's us. Psalm 78, verse 40. Talking about the Israelites in the desert, in the wilderness. How often they provoked him, God, in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Verse 41. Yes, again and again, they tempted God. Oh, my God. You're in trouble when you start tempting God. They tempted God. How did they tempt God? And limited the Holy One of Israel. Verse 42, they did not remember his power the day when he redeemed them from the enemy. How do we limit God? We forget what he's done for us. How do we limit? You say, well, how can we possibly limit God? He is almighty. Yeah, he is. 
But he's limited himself to what he can do on this earth. To the people who will trust him, who will believe in him, who will place their faith in him, who will be obedient to him, who will be courageous and bold enough to step out when all the circumstances and all the evidence in front of you saying, don't don't do this. So they limited, they limited God. They limited, could you imagine this? They saw the power of God in Egypt. They saw all those plagues devastate the most powerful empire at that time in human history. But they forgot. They didn't stir themselves up. Are you stirring yourself up? Do you remember things that God has done? No, I'm, I'm serious. We can say, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you honestly remember? I'm telling you, even though it's been 35 years, it was on a Wednesday night, just like this night, at 9.30 on April the 25th, 1984, where I went from death to life. I went from darkness to, to, to light. I went from, from being crazy out of my mind to honestly having hope that I could actually live a life and, and make a difference on this earth. Do you remember that? Do you remember your experience? Do you remember the first time God, God did a miracle in your life? Do you remember the things that happened? I'm telling you, you've got to stir yourself up, stir yourself up, stir yourself up. Don't let years blind you and make you forget. Don't let the, the well, you know, this is God, and this is the way it's been. You know, I've been a Christian now all these, all these years. Makes you want to send them to heaven early. Again and again, it says in verse 41, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. My God, that it would never be said about us that we limited him. That it would never be said about us that God gave us an opportunity to be used by him, to minister to someone, to speak to someone, to lay hands and pray over someone. Then we, and we backed off. And I'm just as guilty as you are. We limit him. We, we forget to remind ourselves what he's capable of. We go through situations that are like parting the Red Sea. We come up on the other side. A little time goes by. Something nowhere near that big comes into our lives and we fall to pieces. What are we doing? We're forgetting the power. We're forgetting. We're forgetting what he did for us. We're forgetting the time that he healed our kids in the middle of the night. We forget the times when we, we thought we were going to lose our house or lose our car or, or not have money for food. And all of a sudden, supernaturally, bam, here comes all the checks in the mail, one after the other. Amen. We limit. How much would he do with us and through us if we would just remember what he's capable of? Amen. Turn to somebody and say, there's nothing impossible for him. I'm getting myself more excited than you are tonight. They did not remember his power the day he redeemed them from the enemy. My God, what an indictment. If there was ever a generation that saw the supernatural, spectacular power of God, it was that generation. Yet within just in a, within a decade or so, they totally forgot. Totally forgot. Crying. We have no water. This is the God that split the Red Sea. You worrying about water? He knows where all the water is. We want meat. We're tired of this, what is it? Manna. You know what manna means in Hebrew, right? Manna in Hebrew means, what is it? What are you having for dinner tonight? What is it? What's for breakfast? What is it? It's like, who's on first, right? 
Are you listening to me? When we forget what he's capable of, we limit him. He doesn't do anything on his own. I don't know why we expect this thing that God is just going to do things on his own. He always looks to you, somebody here on this earth. Back in the Old Testament, he's getting ready to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And he says, shall I hide this thing from Abraham on what I'm about to do? He could have nuked that area without telling anybody. But he wanted to share. He wanted, he wanted to give Abraham the opportunity to step in between himself and, that, and, that, and those wicked cities. He wanted to give Abraham the opportunity to get involved. He wants to give you the opportunity to get involved. That crazy neighbor that lives across the street from you that you keep trying to avoid, he wants to use you to touch that man, that person's life. And you get out of your car real quick and run in the house. I'm talking to somebody tonight. But God wants to use you to come in between Give you the opportunity to get the limitations off of that person's life because they're acting crazy because they're weighed down with limitations in their minds. <clears throat> By limiting God, we ultimately limit ourselves. We, like the Israelites, limit God when we do this. Number one, we limit God when we doubt him. When we doubt him. You have the opportunity to pray for people. Well, I hope, I, I hope it happens. I hope it happens. I'll never forget this was years and years and years ago. I wasn't as nice as I am now. <laughs> Somebody came up and I said, well, we're going to pray for your healing. And we're going to believe God. Well, well, I hope so. I hope something happens. I said, go sit down. Now, I didn't say it to be mean. Amen. I didn't say it to be mean. Why? Because, see, if you continue to pray with somebody who's in that much doubt and unbelief, you know darn well it ain't going to happen. And so that person's going to walk away going, oh, oh, see, it doesn't work. No, it works. It works for everybody else. It ain't going to work for you. Not until you stop talking stupid like that. Well, you, you know, you're laughing, but these are spiritual truths. We don't, like to admit, we don't like to admit that we play a part. Oh, God, here, just do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. Do, I, I wish you'd take you home early. Do whatever you want. Do whatever. If, if God did whatever he wants, there'd be nobody in hell. Amen. There'd be nobody sick. Amen. There'd be no death. There'd be no disease. There'd be no depression. There'd be no poverty. Amen. It's very obviously it's not going the way he wants. Until somebody on earth gets involved. Amen. Until somebody who could see beyond the limitations. Until somebody see, somebody's willing to step out and say, I don't care if they think I'm a weirdo. I don't care if they think I'm extreme. I don't care about any of that stuff. I'm going to believe God. We're going to get things done. Yes. You listening to me? When the Lord spoke to me about two years ago now, be two years next month. And I started to realize that the reason why we were not successful in getting a bigger building is because he had changed the plan. He tricked me again. 
negotiated on a piece of property for two and a half years, same piece of property. And I woke up one day in that summer two years ago and realized, this ain't going to happen. I got in touch with the building committee. I said, pull the plug on these negotiations. I don't ever want to hear this place mentioned again. They've wasted two and a half years of our time. I said, I'm sensing that something different is happening. And sure enough, within a couple of weeks, I started, I grasped it on the inside. It's not supposed to be. I said, God, it's very obvious you don't want us leaving this building. In the natural, this, this, in the natural, this is the worst place for us to have been. We hardly have enough parking. The outside looks like a Walmart. So I've desperately been trying to get away from here. See, because when you look like Walmart, you get Walmart people. <laughs> Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Turn to somebody and say, he's not talking about you. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. He went, he went there. He said it. But you understand what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, I started to realize, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. I'll never forget the meeting I had with my, with my building committee. I said, you realize if, if we had been successful in negotiating in this other building, we would be spending anywhere from seven to eight million dollars. And I would have did it. Why? Because God's proven to me already. It ain't about what you can afford. It's about what I tell you to do. But I said to the committee, could you imagine how many churches we can open with seven and eight million dollars? Oh, all of a sudden, I went from here to the limitations. Watch. The limitations disappeared. And all of a sudden, I realized, oh, my God, for the past three to four years, God's been trying to get me to stop thinking like a small local church and start thinking like a regional pastor. Amen. But you see, when you're not looking for those things, God sneaks up on you. He tricks you. So then all of a sudden, it became a very, very, very strong, very clear possibility. Wow, this is different. We're going to have multiple campuses all over the place. The limitations started to disappear. Even the limitations about this place started to disappear. All of a sudden, I started seeing the value of being on a main street in this community. You see, the building didn't change. The perspective changed. Some of you were stuck because you refused to let God to change your perspective. You keep saying, no, this is the way it's got to be. No, this is the way it's got to be. No, God, this is the way it's got to be. No, God, this is the way it's got to be. And God's going, okay, when you're done, let me know. You look back in your life, and I'll guarantee you, most of the times, it wasn't the circumstance that changed. It was you that changed. 
By limiting God, we ultimately limit, our, limit ourselves. And just like the Israelites, we limit God. When number one, we doubt him. We doubt him. Number two, we distrust his intentions. I can't tell you how many years I lived with this, this dread on the inside. That someday, even though everything was going great, even though blessing was coming upon us, even just blessed, there's always that, you, there's always that thought, one of these days he's going to pull the rug out from underneath me. How many of you know what I'm talking about? That dread. That's how the Israelites lived. Yeah, he let us go, but one of these days, I don't think he's going to bring us, I don't think we're going to see the promised land. This is tough. This is rough. Oh, if we, just had, if we just had the garlic that we used to eat in Egypt. If we just had the melons. The truth of the matter is, that was all fantasy. How many times do you catch yourself romanticizing the good old days? There has never been any good old days. Good old days. The only thing about the good old days that's good is they're over with. You listening to me? Always that dread of one of these days, one of these days. And then number three, the thing that how we limit God, we focus on our own abilities. You listening? We focus on our own abilities. Let me tell you something. That's one of the greatest dangers that we have in, 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 that I've seen in ministry. Greatest dangers. Greatest danger in ministry. Greatest danger in life is success. Success. Because success sometimes stops you from being desperate. You think back. Think back at a time when you, you financially you were broke. You prayed about everything. You appreciated every little thing that God did. Yes or no? Yes. You, you, you were compassionate. You remembered what it was like not to have. You fill in the blank. And so when you saw somebody else that didn't have, you were the first one to say, hey, hey, I got some. Let me share it with you. Then all of a sudden you come on the other side of that season. And now you're not staying up all night praying to get it. You're staying up all night praying that nobody takes it from you. That you don't make a stupid mistake and lose it. Ask me how I know. Focus on our own abilities will cripple you. If you focus on the success that you've had in the past, and well, it worked that way, and we'll do it that way again. There's only one problem. God keeps changing things. Go read in the Old Testament about how many battles the Israelites fought. Very rarely do you see the battle being fought the same way. It's always changing. Don't go this way. Go around the back. Wait till you see the smoke rise. Wait till you hear a certain sound in the trees. And then always constantly changing, constantly changing. And they always want to do, can we just do it the way we did last time? No, because now you're going to get used to doing it that way, and you're always going to want to do it that way. And we get stuck. You listening? So what are you going to do about it? So I can't go any further. I, I've only gotten about halfway, not even halfway through my notes. You're going to come back next time? Yes. But what are you going to do from now to then? Because next Wednesday, there's no service here. Am I right? Isn't it next Wednesday? No? They're telling me no. 
When is the 4th of July? What are you saying back there? You're making me crazy. I said no service and you're going no. Thank God this ain't being taped. Man. So, so what are we going to do from now until the next two weeks? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you, are you going to be aware of the thoughts that you're entertaining? I pray, to, I pray in the name of Jesus that there's like a, like, a, like, a, like a movie preview that goes off on the inside of you that the Lord begins to reveal to you and show you exactly how much time you are wasting thinking thoughts that are not there to promote you. They are not there to advance you. They are not there to make you free. They are there to enslave you. I pray that we would begin to stir ourselves up. Go, go out to coffee with somebody. Go out, to, go out with some other Christians. Okay? Now, I'm not saying, well, pastor doesn't want us to hang around with nobody. No, I'm talking about for this particular thing. Get together with some Christians and just specifically, watch this, be intentional about talking about how you came to Christ. Be intentional. Be intentional about sharing about miracles that God did in your life. Be intentional about that. Start remembering. I love sitting around talking about that kind of stuff. Some of my staff thinks, I don't know, they think, oh, he's telling that story again. I know I'm telling that story again. I may have turned 63 years old, but I'm good. I know I'm telling that story again. Why? Because it ain't for you. It's for me to hear it again. Hallelujah. I need to hear it. I need to stir myself up. I need to remember that he can part the Red Sea. I need to know that he can calm the storm. I need to know that he can straighten out legs. I need to know that he can set people free. I need to rehearse. And it's one thing for me to know what's in the Bible. It's another thing to know it happened with me. Stand up, everybody. Man, if I had time, man, you guys are really pushing it tonight. Now listen, we need to start stirring ourselves up. We've become too tolerant in our circumstances. We've learned how to exist. You know, you know I, 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 I find myself drawn to people that give testimonies that, that were in the Holocaust. And it's not because, it's not a dark, I love to entertain dark things, that's not it. I'm amazed at some of the stories of people that endured horrible atrocities, and yet they were able to survive. They were able to go on and create wonderful lives for themselves. They're able to leave tremendous legacy for their family. And you think, to yourself, how is this possible? It's because God created us in such a way that we are able to really put up with and endure tremendous things as long as we don't know ahead of time we're going through it. But the dangerous part of that is this. We learn how to tolerate the hardships. We learn how to tolerate the setbacks. We learn how to tolerate. Now, you say, well, Pastor, what am I supposed to do? You acknowledge it, and then you fight back. 
You don't roll over and play dead. Well, you know what? This is how I used to think. Well, this life is terrible, but you know what? This is way before I was born again. I'm going to die one day. I'm going to come back as something else, and it'll be better that time. Don't look at me like that. Some of you used to believe the same stuff. And so what does that do? It stops resistance. And that's how maniacs in Germany were able to wipe out six million Jews. Because they had been so used to having persecution after persecution after persecution after persecution, they had very little will to fight. And therefore, there was very little resistance. And their enemies knew this. And guess what? Your enemy knows that. The enemy knows what you've tolerated. The enemy knows what you've learned how to survive and still smile, but dying on the inside. And God's saying, rise up. God's saying, become a warrior again. God's saying, pick up your sword and go fight. Go after it. Lift one hand up to God. Let's say this together. Father, Father, in the name of Jesus, Jesus, make me a warrior again. again. I want to fight back. back. I'm not keeping quiet anymore. I'm not just going to learn how to survive. I will thrive. No more limitations in my life. Teach me. Show me. Equip me. In the name of Jesus, I'm striking back. No more limitations. I'm going for the breakthrough. Teach me individually how I'm to handle it for myself. And I'll do it. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. Don't forget, don't come here next Wednesday night. Okay? I'll see you in two weeks. Amen? God bless you. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.